If you're an education leader or a visionary for improving our school mental health system, then you are definitely in the right place. I'm your host, Charlie Peck, keynote speaker and school mental health consultant. Make sure you download our free school mental health audit at thrivingeducator.org forward slash audit. And that way you can bring it back to your mental health team and assess your current system with them. That's thrivingeducator.org forward slash audit. All right, let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlie from the Thriving Educator Podcast, and we have our second, second round here. We have two truly amazing people here. We've got David James and Kim Lynch. Kim is the president. David is the marketing director and so much more. I know you all do so much work to support kids and middle-level education. So I'm going to start with you, Kim, because you are the president of this, and I want you to give people a little background on how did you get here? I know you don't have to dive in too much, but Boy, why are you the president of this amazing organization? Um, it, it's kind of a funny story. I actually went to the conference my first year teaching as a green teacher because my principal said, you need to go blah, blah. And I just, I fell in love with the conference and I went the next year and I found myself in a small regional meeting um, with just the people from our area. So North Carolina is divided into regions. And during that meeting, they're like, you know, we're looking for volunteers. And I was one of those happy-go-lucky. And I'm like, well, I'll volunteer. And before I knew it, I'm in year 29 of my middle school education career. And I've been a part of the board since my second year of teaching. Oh, my gosh. You were one um, of those new teachers with that exciting energy, right? That's so fun. That's yes. Fun. So they looped me in and I've served in different capacities on the board and have been lucky enough for the past two years to be president. I'll be handing the gavel over at this conference. And um, it's just amazing. And it's amazing because of the people, nothing else. Hmm. What did it do for you as an educator? Oh, it completely drives everything I've ever done. It's my philosophy of teaching. It's um, I've never left middle school. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, I actually came out of school with a secondary high school intending to teach English and fell in the middle and never went back. Um, and I got my master's in middle grades education. And it, I'm student centered 100% because of that adolescent years that they need that. So everything I've done from an intervention specialist to a classroom lead teacher to just being in the classroom is about that middle school mindedness and the strategies that work for a middle schooler that don't work for other grade levels. They're specific and they're intense and knowing who they are. I love middle schoolers. They're unique. They're a challenge, but you know, that's why they're fun. They are fun, aren't they? As long as we understand how their brain works and what they're doing, and we don't always know what they're doing, let's be honest, <laughs> but, but it's a bunch of fun. Thank yes. you, Kim. And, and um, David, we'll move to you because you do a lot, like so much to support this organization and everything they're doing. And you're also in it too, right? So just explain kind of where you're coming from. Yeah, thanks for having me, Charlie. And I'm David James, NCMLE Marketing and Conference Director. And to echo some of the sentiments from Kim, she is the heart and soul of NCMLE. And don't let her fool you. For 29 years, she has been a big piece of this organization. And she is not going anywhere, whether she believes it or not, <laughs> once we um, you know, pass the gavel on. Um, but I'm a middle school person myself. Um, I moved down to North Carolina in 2011 from the state of Ohio, and I fell into a seventh grade social studies position. I have seven through 12 social studies degree, and I found myself falling right into the middle as well and loving every bit of it. And I don't see myself changing uh, 
for one for one second. You know, Kim's right. These um, the adolescents need us. Uh, the adolescent teacher is special, and the adolescent learner is special. Um, NCML Lee is the only advocate in North Carolina that advocates for the middle level learner and the middle level concept. We are so proud of our organization and everybody that's a part of it. Um, the students benefit from the professional development that we provide at our annual conference, which we are all here together to talk about and are proud of. Um, I'm so honored to be in the space with you guys. And as a, you know, 12 and 13 year veteran of middle school education, I'm going in to get my national boards here this year in, in adolescent learning. Um, and I'm just moving forward in middle school education, and I can't find myself ever looking back. Wow. I know. And I can just hear it. Can't you guys all just hear it in their voices, right? You can, you just know when somebody truly loves what they're doing in education, you all absolutely do. And so I'm going to also now go to Charles. And Charles, I'd love for you to tell people like what you're doing. And then you're a featured speaker. What are you going to be talking about? Uh, yeah. So first of all, thank you for uh, having me back. Uh, I was just on Charlie's podcast, yeah. like, what was it, a week or two ago? So yeah. very nice to be back in the space uh, and to okay. share it with some amazing individuals. Brandon and I go way back. So good to see you, buddy. Um, you as so, well, man. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I am a current CPS for me. That means Chicago Public Schools, not Child Protective Services. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm an administrator here in Chicago. Uh, this is about my 18th year in education, uh, a little over a decade serving as school leader. And so I also, outside of that realm, I do a, just a couple of other things. Uh, I have a podcast. I get to travel all across the country through my consulting company and speak and connect and host workshops and facilitate learning with educators, uh, wrote a book. Um, so, you know, just keeping myself uh, a little bit busy, but really, really excited to be joining, uh, you know, Dave and NCMLE. So I have uh, three sessions uh, So and the panel. Uh, so very, very excited. I'm going to be very busy. Uh, so my featured speaker session, however, is actually something that I'm doing right now as a PLC with school leaders across the district here in Chicago, which talks about uh, is your check engine light on? So a lot of times we talk about burnout. We know that is school leaders. Burnout is a very real thing. And oftentimes we talk about it afterwards. Like, all right, you're burnt out. What can we do now? And my question is, why are we even getting to that point? Right. And so let's pay attention to all those warning lights. I know sometimes we get in and we're like, nah, I got enough gas to get to work. I'll get down the way back. And then you're trying to push your car into the parking lot. Like, pay attention to those warning lights and, and, and take care of those things before, before you're burning out. And so that's that main session. And, uh, like I said, I have three other ones looking forward to spending time with so many phenomenal uh, educators and leaders and just growing, connecting and learning from all of them as well. Hello, middle level educators. Are you looking for a nationwide type of conference at the fraction of the cost? The North Carolina Association for Middle Level Education welcomes you to Charlotte, North Carolina, March 24th through the 26th for the 2024 NCMLE Inspire Conference. My name is David James, NCMLE Marketing and Conference Director, and I want to personally invite you to our annual conference. You will not want to miss our keynote and featured speakers that leads over 120 middle-specific teaching and learning sessions. Our featured lineup includes EDU experts from across the country, such as principal and leadership expert Baruti Kefele, Darren Peppard, LaQuanta Nelson, Zach Bowermaster, and the host of this podcast, educational expert Charlie Peck. 
The NCMLE Inspire Conference is for everyone. Go to ncmle.org to register your team for the 2024 NCMLE Inspire Conference today. Wow. Well, the whole theme of this conference this year is inspire. And that is honestly, that is so inspiring to think about people who are burning out, which is clearly a problem, but we're catching them early. We're catching them. That's why we're doing this. So I know that that is truly important. I cannot wait to learn more about that. We're going to dive into that a little bit more too, Charles. So hold on to that thought. And Julie, we're going to go to you next. And please just, again, let people know what you're doing. You're working in leadership. Uh, you're doing some important work too. Talk to people about that. Oh, it's okay. It's just muted. Hold on. I got gotcha. you. I thought there I you. unmuted, but here oh. I go. Thank you, Charlie. Whatever. It's good How to goes. see you again. <laughs> you too. It's good to see all of you. I'm so excited about this conference because this is my home state. So I don't have to travel far. And I believe North Carolina educators are absolutely the best, um, especially our middle school folks. I have colleagues here at Appalachian State University who have been telling me since I got here in 2020, you have to get with the middle school folks and go to NCMLE. So I can't even hardly contain my excitement. I'm so ready to get there in March. I am a school administration professor, but my research is on educator engagement and educator retention. So I work a lot in the resilience space. I'm a certified resilience trainer, keynote speaker, professional learning um, leader, and author. And at this conference, I will be talking about beginning teachers because we know the way they navigate challenges can either light them up or burn them out. And I've got a framework of pausing, pondering, and persisting when a challenge comes up to help them figure out how to turn that challenge into an opportunity to either impact a student or see my dog is even excited. <laughs> He's so excited. Oh, that's what he heard. He heard or impact NCMLE. their own growth. So um, yeah, that's what I'm talking about as a featured speaker at NCMLE. Yeah, no, that's great. Seriously, you can tell like Julie's been on this as well, Brandon, Charles. And so that same energy is coming to everybody in North Carolina at this conference. And it's all like, everybody's looking out for each other. We're all looking out to make sure we keep our strong teachers in the middle level education, uh, like in their classrooms, in their buildings, the strong leadership. And I use that framework all the time. I reference it all the time, Julie. So if, if you guys have not gotten her book, you need to do that. You need to do that. All right, Brandon. Let's go. Tell everybody about the important work you're doing as well, please. Well, everybody's doing pretty important work on this call, so it's pretty exciting to see. I'm super excited to be in North Carolina. I am a teacher in New York. I'm in Westchester County outside of New York City by about probably seven or eight miles. And I am a teacher in a fifth grade dual language bilingual classroom, and I'm an English monolingual. So there's a whole lot of lot going on inside of that. I bring my dog to school every single day, which is awesome. And she works with um, students to make school a happier place, which is pretty amazing. And it makes my life a lot easier because I get to go back and forth with to school with my dog. So, and I've been a teacher for 19 years. And I have always been into teaching because of my interest in the sport of soccer. And I am a professional soccer coach as well. I'm also an instructor for the United States Soccer Federation. And I truly have 
a, a huge joy and love for soccer ever since I was a little kid. And I received my first coaching job before I received my first teaching job getting out of university. And so I also have simultaneously as a teacher, I have been a running a professional soccer organization as an athletic administrator. And so the parallels of that lead give me an interesting experience that is outside of just being a teacher because being a teacher is such an incredible, incredible thing. And it requires so many pieces to your heart and so many different skills and tools. But one of the things that's interesting is that you're also going to see me at NCMLE on the leadership panels. And I want everybody to know that I am a full-time teacher. However, my background in running a business for the past 20 years that services over 3,000 families in the, the area that I live has really led to a lot of experience that has allowed me to have the opportunity to work with athletes in addition to students and in addition to teachers. So I wrote a book when the pandemic started because there was no soccer fields to coach on. And it led to a book titled Unlocking Unlimited Potential, which is truly and completely about what I believe to be most important is self-efficacy, self-confidence. And the most important thing that we always run into as educators is being able to understand how our self-confidence can be managed, controlled, and understood. And so I get the opportunity to do that work with teachers, school leaders, students, athletes, and coaches. And it's been a really amazing, beautiful thing. I actually, an hour and a half ago, just spoke to 250 high school athletes. And I'm in that state of feeling really, really grateful because I had the opportunity to share this work. And that after speaker feeling is something that is unforgettable. So my work as a speaker is really about continuing to share that passion and continuing to connect. I have a podcast. I just released my 98th episode. I've probably almost had everybody in NCMLE that is going to be presenting um, as a featured speaker on the podcast. And if I haven't, I've reached out and said, hey, please reach out because I love sharing people's stories and I love being able to be here for the work and I know I'm going to be butting out a little bit here in the next 6.30 to run to soccer practice. However, I just wanted to uh, I wanted to make sure that I had a chance to connect because I'm so excited to come to North Carolina. And, and I really think creatively about the conferences I get to choose and get to go to. And this is really going to be I'm, I'm really excited to see so many people in person mm -hmm. and be able to spend time with, you know, the keynoter, Jonathan Alzheimer. Charles and and Darren Peppard, who's like my brother from another mother, I am super excited to connect with so many of those people, as well as all of you on the call. So I can't wait. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. You're doing really important work, too, and like above and beyond, right? And that's what everybody seems to be doing. All the speakers that you've chosen, not only do they teach or they work with leaders, they wear so many hats. So Kim, how do you all go through that process of choosing people to represent your organization. I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's your face and David, I know you have a hand in that too. What, what's that, either that process, um, or how do you, how do you go about actually making that choice to bring people in like us? It really boils down to that alignment with the middle school concept. Um, so we are, um, we call 
uh, the Association for Middle Level Education, our mothership and the successful middle school and, and that publication, um, that paper drives our work. So we look for the alignment to that. Um, we also work with the National Forum and the Schools to Watch program and you know those things of social equity and developmental responsiveness and academic um, excellence, we're looking for that. And so we're looking for those things that are going to apply to, and we are a teacher conference and, and we really, and David does an amazing job marketing that way. Um, we want the teachers there. We want the ones that are in the building there and we want the leaders there. This year, we're really pushing that administrator piece because that's who has to push the work. We can have all of the books and all the other things, but if we don't put them in the hands of the ones who are touching the children every day, then that's our purpose. So our purpose in RPD with anything we do with our journal that we do comes to affecting the instruction of the teachers, affecting the mental health of the teachers. The Inspire theme came from last year, we were reignite because we were all feeling the pressure of of it dying. It's just, it's falling apart. People are leaving that constant um, conversation of so-and-so left the classroom. This year, we're going the opposite. So we ignited them. We challenged them to leave. We challenged them to put a spark in others who couldn't join us. And now this year, we want to inspire. What's our story? You just said that a minute ago. What's your story? Why are you here? And you guys all have that message as feature speakers. Um, and David did a great job being able to, to reach out to people that have that common message. Yeah, yeah it's really common. Go ahead, David. I'd like to hear from you for sure. It's really well said by Kim. And just to add a little bit more, um, the, the Inspire theme just goes really well with our featured speakers and kind of what we're pushing moving forward. 2020 had a big toll on everybody, but our organization had a it, big toll on us as well. And we went from, you know, large conference attendance to kind of dwindling to hanging on to doing virtual stuff to to moving back in the right direction. And that's what we're looking at right now is this reignite was last year. And we are definitely inspiring um, everybody right now. And it's going to be a wonderful conference. And I think um, just to speak more about the conference in general, you know, March is a great time to do this as well, because we're coming to the the uh, beginning of spring and this in beginning or middle of fourth quarter. And it is time to get inspired ourselves, right? And finish strong. And a lot of our attendees will tell us that when they get back, they they feel good and they're, they are ready to, to go into, you know, testing season is what it is, or just have a really good end of the year with their middle school students. So it's a wonderful time for us in March. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the School Leaders Institute, which is new for 2024. Um, it's a wonderful leadership strand that we are offering our school leaders. So aspiring assistant principals, assistant principals and principals are invited. And I think by them finding value in the NCMLE conference, then in turn shows their teachers that they value their professional development as well, if that all makes sense. So we are ready to welcome our school leaders and then the 100 plus educator presentations that we have lined up that have been vetted and approved and, um, you know, foster the middle school concept. I and mean, it's going to be a packed house. Every room is going to be full and it's going to have everything from academic excellence to social equity to classroom management to, you know, the relationship with the athletic director. I'm ready for that session, Brandon, and everything in between. Right. So from a school leadership perspective to, you know, boots on the ground. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I'm so excited about that because, you know, I'm I'm coming to this from 
how do we improve mental health and wellness in our schools? And the adolescent brain has got to be protected. Absolutely. So middle school is crucial for that. And so when we position people around that are really looking out for them with all these different angles, we know that their academic success, it, it will be more improved when their mental health and wellness is improved. And, and all of that, we're looking forward to that. And all the other people involved, like Brandon, can you briefly talk? I know you've got to go soon, Brandon. So I, I definitely want to hear from you again. And then Charles, I want to go back to that burnout I said we do. Um, and Julie, your framework. So Brandon, can you give people a takeaway that that they can look forward to in your session? Yeah, absolutely. So your self-confidence is influenced by three things, your story, your why, and your purpose. And those are connected to some very important things that we're going to dive into. And we are going to be able to take the opportunity to use that to create fuel for the fire of your school with your teachers so that you can continue to keep people pointed in the right direction towards some results that are purpose-driven and most importantly, tied and connected to who you really are. And that work is the work of really about what it means to me to unlock unlimited potential because really at the end of the day, the reason teaching is such a difficult task for all of us is because we all got into the, the profession with the intentions of that we believe in all of the people around us, sometimes a lot more than they believe in themselves. And it can be so entirely frustrating when sometimes we don't win with every single student every single day. And that can really influence your confidence. And so connecting with others around you and sharing stories and understanding how there's three parts that are influenced inside of your story and how those three parts can be used to really ignite your passion and help keep clear purpose because when your purpose is clear, your passion takes over. Wow, that's so well said, isn't it? You guys, <laughs> so well said. Um, and duck out when you need to go, okay? No, no worries. Back. I'm excited. I'm going to listen okay. in because this is great stuff. It's inspiring. I appreciate it. And I'm really excited. If I don't get a chance to say goodbye, I want to say how pumped I am. I'm I'm booked to be there the entire time. I'm excited to be there for every single day. I'm excited to to learn from all the amazing speakers and see how everybody has and creates these awesome things that they're doing in schools. Because if there's anything I've learned by moving into this area of the profession is there's so many people that are out there doing incredible work and it's really exciting to see. So I'm in 1000% support of, of all of this. So thanks to everybody. No, that's great. Well, and that's important too, because Charles, I'll go to you here. We talked initially about that burnout. And so if we're trying to inspire teachers to stay where they are, to do the best work they can, but without overloading them, we don't want to do more of that. We want to actually open that door, open that space for them to thrive and do well. So what kind of strategy will you share with them? So I, I don't think it's just a singular strategy, right? One of the things that we do um, during this time together is identifying like kind of which warning lights are turning on for you. Uh, because for some of us, it is like, you know, maybe that, that, that fuel tank is running a little low. Right. So how do I refuel? Because we cannot pour out of an empty vessel. Right. And so it's like, how am I taking time to make sure that I am taken care of so I can take care of others? Right. It might be, I don't know, the engine's overheating. Maybe I'm just running way too much. So how do I set up boundaries and say no? So I think the important piece, first of all, is to figure out 
what is it that I'm struggling with? What is leading to that burnout? Because what, you know, wears you out doesn't necessarily wear me out and vice versa, right? So I, that, that, that's part one. Um, and then looking through and trying to figure out how, what are some strategies for that? I think one of the biggest things that we've talked about, you know, during this last semester in our PLC, I'm about to launch the second semester, was even just talking about boundaries, right? I, you know, Kim mentioned this earlier when she was a year two teacher and she was, you know, we're like that. Yes, 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 I will. Yes, I will. And then we're just like, wait, what did I, what have I done to myself? <laughs> right. And so being able to say no, right. Knowing when to say no, knowing when to set boundaries. And I think one of the best definitions that we've come up with is that recognizing that a boundary, right. Just even boundaries by definition are your limits. So it's recognizing, defining, and, and maintaining those limits for yourself, right? Your own capacities, your own, and, and it's okay, right? Some, we feel so guilty, I think, oftentimes as school leaders, as educators, when we say no, or we say we can't do that, right? Because we feel so obligated to make sure that we are taking care of those around us. So we have to learn. So that's just, it's, it's a strategy. It's really simple. And I think one of the best things is as we talk about these, as we look at these warning lights, a lot of times with the outcomes are extremely simple and we're like, oh, it's because this, none of this is new. And I think we talk a lot about in these spaces, what we are bringing is not necessarily groundbreaking or innovative, but a lot of times it's, am I empowering you? Am I encouraging you to actually do this stuff? Right. And so I'm here to tell you, like, as we do this, like, it's OK to say no. It's OK to set up boundaries. It's OK to create fake uh, meetings on your calendar. So when people look to see if you're available, they think you are. No, you're not. Like, there's a strategy. Simple things to do. <laughs> but it's like you have to take care of yourself. And so, again, it's that idea of how do I not get to that point of, you know, feeling overwhelmed, feeling burnt out, feeling stressed? What are those things that we can do before? And being okay with it. I think that's the biggest, what I want people from my session to walk away with is that it's okay to do these things because it means nothing. I mean, I think us in this space, we we say a lot of it, but do we do it, right? We'll, we'll sit there and be like, no, no, block yourself off. And then you're like overwhelmed. Like, So I want to, if nobody else, be to be the first to say, it's okay to do these things, right? And empower people to walk out of that space, not just with tools, but with the empowerment, with the reinforcement, with the autonomy to say, I'm actually going to do these things. Hmm. Well, and that's so important about all these sessions that you all are offering. I mean, we all just have to connect with certain leaders and speakers. I mean, there's a lot going on out there. And I want everyone listening who's going or, or any leaders who are thinking about how am I going to make shifts in my own school? I mean, Charles, you're an administrator. You're giving some great information. And, and giving permission, sometimes it's permission, but we all need to find those people who are going to inspire us. And that's why I think that this is so great because you do provide that space in the different topics and people that will do that for everybody there. That's what I love. And Julie, now Julie has specific techniques and I don't want you giving it all away because you've got some really great stuff. Can you give a teaser, Julie, for when somebody's going to be in your session, they're going to walk away. What are they going to take with them? What is something that you can give them? So I'm a qualitative researcher, a teacher, principal turned professor and researcher. And when the pandemic started, my research question became, how do we navigate challenges in ways that keep us on fire for teaching instead of burning out? And I began to observe and interview hundreds of teachers who were, to use your word, Charlie, thriving. 
who were navigating challenges well, who still self-reported that they love their work. And I thought, how are they doing this when the rest of us are struggling so much? And when I pulled all the data together, it turned out there were these three steps that they took when a challenge came down. And they, they didn't use these terms, but collectively, this is what they did. They paused, they regulated their own emotions, which is so important because if we're reacting emotionally to things, then that's a recipe for not only burnout, but really ineffective relationships and practices. So they paused, they took a breath, they regulated they sometimes reappraised and assessed their emotions differently constructed some different meaning about what does it mean when my heart starts racing and my palms start sweating and then they got really curious they asked questions to themselves what story am i telling myself what assumptions am i making about my teaching or about this kid uh, because we know that the decisions we make in the classroom are only as good as the information we use to make them and then they persisted in that sort of regulating inquiry dance in a way that kept them really engaged in their work. And we can all learn to do that. Those are strategies we can all use, and especially our beginning teachers who maybe don't do that as intuitively as our experienced teachers. We can teach them how to use those practices when a challenge comes up in the classroom. Wow. And it, it really is a very simple framework. And that's what has to happen when we're in the midst of feeling chaos. A lot of us are feeling that way. A lot of us feel like the education system is in crisis. And it is in, in many ways. And Kim, I would like, I want to go back to your leadership. Julie, thank you. I want you to chime in again, too. I'm sure that there'll be some other place to do that. Um, but Kim, so your 29 years of this kind of leadership, what have you done to stay persistent? I do a lot of reflection on my why, um, whether that why is um, in the classroom, it was a student. Um, hopefully in one year, it was more than one, you know, in middle school with having 90 <laughs> kids to 100 kids that you're working with. Um, but I, I, it's just the passion. It's the passion of knowing um, and, and looking for the opportunities in others. So currently I work as a district um, ELA facilitator, and my role is 100% support. I have no kind of authority. I go in and just support. When the lessons don't go well, let's talk about it. When the classroom management is a little bit off, who can I put you into contact with? Um, first year teacher, veteran teachers, you know, we have a lot of international teachers in our area um, that are coming over. I just anybody that needs that. And that that is my, I guess you can call it my groove, right? <laughs> That's, the, I, I come home every day and I'm like, this teacher had me model this strategy and then she turned around and used it in the next class like she'd been using it her whole life. Those mm. things, those mm. spikes, those light bulbs and the kids, you know, when they have that moment too. Um, luckily I do get to model some and I get to see the light bulb in kids. And it's nice when a teacher is sitting next to me who is, you know, kind of an I do, you do, we do kind of thing, kind of set up um, where she can go, I saw Johnny and he never ever volunteers in class or whatever those things are and those moments, because we have to have a reason for being here. And we all know it's not the other things that people tend to work for. It's not the success. It's not the uh, acclamation of, you know, celebrity status. It's not the money. It's not all those things, but what is it? 
and you have to go home with those because if you take everything else home, I mean, you know, as the social work and all that stuff, you can't, you can't take it all home. So that's it. It's just that what inspires me, that's kind of where the theme came from. And knowing that it was the students and for me now in this part of my career, the teachers, because if they don't do it, who's going to teach the kids after I'm gone. It's true. <laughs> you, know? you do. We do. Don't we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to, to think about the people that are coming up? And so that, and I think, Julie, you do a lot of work with that too, with that leadership piece. And Charles, I know in your school you do. Um, we've got to think of the people who are coming in to replace us because they will. And so David, I'm, I'm curious for you, cause I know you're super busy and you're, again, you're in it. What do you do for you when you get into that mode and, and it feels like it's all coming down on you? How do you keep yourself going? Uh, yeah. And Kim does a great job. Every time we meet as a board of directors for the NCMLE group, um, this is our grounding activity and it's really effective for us. But every time I come together and I think about it, it's because of my six-year-old son, Aiden, Michael James, um, as a, you know, a, a dad that's goal that is new to school, elementary school for him, right? Like we're just now in first grade. If, you know, my why kind of revolves around, I have got to keep doing this because if I can't do it for him, then who can, right? So we have got to stay in this and we have got to stay positive and we got to, you know, build these professional development opportunities for our teachers and these opportunities for growth and positivity, um, because it's what's necessary for the future. And and my son's just now living it, right? So it's for him. It's for all the kids in my classes. It's for the BTs. You guys talked about the beginning teachers. I'm the lead mentor at my building right now. And I've done this for about three years. Um, and they are 100% the future of this building. My professional development goal for this past year was to have 100% of my beginning teacher ones come back as beginning teacher twos. And we are halfway through the school year and all nine of them are still with me. So I know it's small, and I, but it's a celebration. And these when these teachers come back and it, it changes the culture of buildings, um, you know, those that are in, you know, year five to 15, they, they have, they, it's like a deciding few years there. Right. And, and once they get to 10 and to 15, then they're kind of in it and, and they still have like either way they could go is super positive or, you know, in a different direction. And I think uh, for myself, I have to lead that group and, and pay it forward for that group. And like I said, Started with nine. Now I got 10 because I got a student teacher that just started as well. So we got a lot of beginning teachers in these buildings and we do it for them. Uh, and we offer these professional development opportunities for them. And we like to light the fuse and to inspire the um, experienced teachers as well. Yeah, Charles, I feel like you, you from your role, might need to have to comment on that. What are you thinking right now? We're talking about this. So, you know, I, I think the, as our good friend and who will be at the conference, Katie, uh, calls them as the baby teachers. Um, you know, I, I think that there is definitely a space in there, right? And I think, Charlie, when we were talking, we talked about how that, that bar of that, that five years is so, so low. And it's so unfortunate that it, like, that's the bar that we celebrate. Um, and so I do think that most of what we're talking about has to be much wider than just in a school. Right. What we're talking about is systemic change for our profession, a profession that is the profession of professions. Right. So like we of all people need to be able to have a space where, you know, people are not only excited to come into the space. Right. We, we should have like a, 
lines of teachers outside of our doors just waiting, right? Ideally. Um, <laughs> and then once they're there that we're like pushing them out, like, no, we gotta, we gotta make room for the, the, the new teachers to come in, but that's not just going to happen. So I, I love the idea that this conference is going, you know, is some of that grassroots movement and giving us a space to be able to do that work. Right. So I can come into a profession that, you know, to be honest, is oftentimes, you know, you know, bastardized and people are, feel like they got to be martyred. And it's like, no, this this is a valued profession, just like any other. Right. And so we have a space where we can begin doing some of that grassroots, that groundwork to say we're going to shift what education looks like. Right. And, and from all different areas, one, to get educators into the space, to make sure that the educators who do come into the space that they're taking care of. And then that as they're moving up, that we're creating pathways and spaces so that way they can evolve into leadership and continue that cycle. And so the idea that we're going to have, you know, new teachers, veteran teachers, school leaders, I think having people on all of those different levels, you know, are powerful. And I, I'm excited, you know, that that I've been given the opportunity to not only speak to school leaders, right, through the panel and through my leadership institute, but also then also to connect with like the educator piece, right, then the teachers, you know, with sessions about like, you know, um, looking at childhood trauma, um, making sure that we're creating inclusive spaces, because not just for our students, but for our staff, for our teachers as well. And so, I really, really am looking forward just to being part of such a dynamic group of educators who we all seem to have a very, very similar purpose, a very, very similar why. David, my, my grandson is like now seven, so my baby is 20. Oh, oh, but they are my why, right? Like this this is why we do this work. Um, and so I'm just really excited to be a part of this. So, uh, you know, I, I, I know that we're still going, but I just, again, just thank you for this opportunity because I think what we do in about two months here is bigger than what we do in two months, right? It is going to resonate mm -hmm. far and wide beyond. So just, I, I'm excited. And it truly is because, so the conference is in Charlotte, North Carolina, of course, March 24th through the 26th, three days of that professional development, the networking, right? That's part of what we, we even do here before we get there. And then it's about celebrating everybody, all the things that people are doing right it's not the doom and gloom. It's it's all about that. And that there's a ton of fun. There's a lot of fun that goes into it too. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And Julie, as we kind of wrap up here, I, I'm thinking about you a lot here too, because what you give leaders, uh, because leaders leadership is essential in how we're going to rise up to, to their energy level and their that positive climate they're trying to cre um, create. You say the power of the pause. I'd like for you to just briefly tell about how long that pause needs to be and what it can actually do for us to shift and transform what's going on in mental health and education right now. About as long as two or three slow, deep breaths. I think we underestimate the slow, deep breath in the classroom. Um, enough for us to become aware of how we're feeling, what we're thinking and especially become aware of any assumptions that we're putting on somebody else, because that seems to be the point where we can make some bad decisions and have some interactions or actions that don't end up with making the kind of impact we'd like to make. And for our leaders, we make a lot of assumptions about what teachers need right now. And I think the best thing we can do, like teachers do for their students, ask them, as leaders worrying about our teachers, instead of assuming what they need, let's ask them what they need. They know what they need. And, you know, 
I think David and, and Kim would both say 99% of the time it's time. <laughs> stop, stop calling the meetings when we don't need a meeting or, you know, requiring some of the things that don't matter and let them focus on what matters. Um, and I'm excited that this conference is so focused on what matters what's in our control and what matters. And I can't wait to learn from all of these people who have such clear whys about what matters. Yeah, and that's exactly why we went from the big systemic issues and all of that that just feels so consuming to something, and I knew, Julie, you'd say that. It's it's actually can be very simple. It can be a very simple approach that all of these speakers and all of the people that we're putting on over 100 topics and sessions it can be very simple. And so that's why they're all going to be so excited to have the time to engage with each other, to learn, and they're going to walk away with so much. So let's, let's wrap this up. So David, I'll start with you and then Kim will, will end with you and then uh, we'll get people excited. David, what are you most excited about here? I'm just excited to welcome everybody into Charlotte. Uh, we've got a lot going on. You mentioned it on Sunday evening, we got a round table featured speaker. Um, you know, discussion panel with with everybody involved. Um, on Sunday night, we also have trivia night. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Monday night, we have karaoke night. So um, your registration includes three free meals. It includes 100 plus presentation topics. It includes a school leadership institute um, piece of it. And then all of those fun evening events. We've got uh, one of our uh, special uh, vendors, Burke Educational Travel is going to be offering uh, bus rides out to dinner locations and, and things like that. So we've thought of everything and we've got everything taken care of for everybody that will be in Charlotte for those three days. Um, I am just looking forward to networking with everybody. The biggest piece about this conference and to any conference that you attend is growing, learning, reflecting and networking. I mean, coming together and meeting new people from across the state that are living your life on a daily basis. And then further from those on the outside that we can learn from as well that are also in the trenches and doing the work with middle school educators. So networking, getting to know each other, um, you know, enjoying those uh, few days away from the building and then coming back and pouring into your staff when you return. You know, I always encourage our participants to go back to your school, pour into your staff, take advantage of this knowledge and give it back and pay it forward. And that's a huge piece of everything that we have got going on March 24th through the 26th in Charlotte. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. Go right ahead. It, it's the inspiring piece. Um, you know, I'm going to get the opportunity to launch uh, the, the conference and introduce Jonathan and, and get us all started. And then thinking and reflecting about those words, just to set it right. You know, you got to set the mood, you got to frame the learning. Um, we're here to, you're already inspiring because you're here and you're willing to be here to learn. But I think what David just said, when when we end the conference, um, I, the most important thing people can do is you leave excited and you lose the momentum. You can't, you have to carry that out and carrying that out because our message has to be how important our work is, how hard we work positively, because, you know, media and stuff tends to focus on the negatives with teachers, but this, this piece, go and talk about all these great people, go and talk about the sessions, you know, shout it from the mountaintops kind of thing. And that's what I want. I just want the message to get out to more places, to encourage more conferences like this, to encourage more opportunities for administrators to be inspired and then take it back to their staff for the 
teachers to be inspired and take it back to the kids in their room. It, the whole thing comes down to that inspiration. And so I just cannot wait for that to happen. And I cannot wait to be in a room full of the experts that we're getting together who are going to make me better, um, you know, as I go. And, and my job is supporting now. So I need a lot of the things you guys are talking about. And I look forward to being able to gain that as well. Yeah, one last thing, and we didn't mention this before, but every single year at our annual conference, we also award uh, individuals uh, throughout the state with the NCMLE awards. So we will have that this year on Monday during the luncheon. So everybody will be invited for that. And at that, we celebrate educators, um, school counselors, uh, administrators of the year, teams of the year. This year, we are awarding a beginning teacher of the year. So these are nominations that have come into NCMLE in the last few months. We have a panel and a committee that goes through our NCMLE award nominations, and we hand out NCMLE awards to the phenomenal work that is going on across the state. So uh, Kim hit it on the head. We need to flood social media. We need to flood every everything uh, NC middle level um, positivity positivity as we get into the NCMLE conference and the NCMLE awards is a big piece of that. That's awesome. Do people have to be working in North Carolina to attend this? They do not. So uh, you can go to ncmle.org um, to register for the conference. All the conference details are under our conference tab. You do not need to be part of middle level education, um, so to speak. You do not need to be an NC middle level educator as well. Um, we welcome everybody and a lot of our presentations uh, are, are K-12 specific. Um, many of them do have a middle school uh, focus, but you will find from the 100 plus that are being offered that there is something for everybody and we welcome everybody into Charlotte. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that too, because elementary, if you're in that, if you're in that role, all that you do in, influences what happens to those kids when they do go on to middle school. And everybody in middle school, what you do there influences what goes on to the high school and prep and the transition, right? So we're all in this thing together. And I want to just say thank you all so much for being hey, here. Charlie, yes. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you yeah, real go. quick before we go. Yeah, I have to hear what are you speaking about, Charlie Peck? <laughs> Well, uh, SOS for, thank you. That was really kind. The no worries. Um, it's just about providing relief to our schools and our mental health system. And I believe that we are all positioned around our kids to care about them. And I think the relief comes when we, we equip people, especially our teaching staff first, to um, be more equipped and confident to respond effectively to our students who are in need. And and to respond to our own mental health and wellness needs at the same time. I know it can be done. Um, the tools have to infuse into daily practice. It can't be one more thing to do. It has to be something that seamlessly works in there. That's what I'm going to be covering. I'm excited to do that, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for that. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to be in that session. Thanks. I know. Well, we do this for each other, right? We're all learning from each other all the time, and it's all adaptable. So uh, thank you for your leadership, everybody here. Thank you. And thank you, Kim and uh, David, for being here and being so supportive middle-level educators. It's really inspiring. You got it. Thank you for having us. Did you get your school mental health audit yet? You can go and get it at thrivingeducator.org forward slash audit. And if you're working on mental health PD planning right now, you can check out all the ways we can support you while you're on our website right there. And it's under professional development. So just go check that out. And listen, if you found today's episode valuable, please share it in your network so you can benefit others. And if you could give it a, a rating and a review, that would really help us get the word out. Thank you so much for listening.